Hi, and welcome to Sustainability Bites, the podcast supported by Switzerland Partners. I am Margot Prurien, and I will be your host for today. The holidays are around the corner, and here in Brussels, we have the Christmas market finally in town. Uh, but with then come the traditional after-work drinks with your colleagues, the boozy dinners with your loved ones, before culminating with a happy new year around a glass of champagne. This is of course tradition, but sobering up has never been more trendy. According to a survey conducted by IWSR, no or low alcohol spirits, beers and liquors product volumes have grown over 7% in 10 key markets in 2022. Millennials between 1981 and 1996, that means me and many of my colleagues, make up for the largest consumer group of low and no alcohol products, with Germany being the largest market. So are we saying goodbye to Oktoberfest? It could be great news, as alcohol can have a lasting impact on your health. Uh, and to tell us more about this, I'm excited to welcome my colleague Jack Templeton from our health and life science team. Hi Jack, can you tell us more about the health impact of our Christmas market hot wine? Yeah, so our Christmas market hot wine does come with some caveats. There are several diseases linked to alcohol consumption. Even just uh, one glass is enough to have an impact. So you have the ones that most people know about, like heart disease, strokes, and liver disease. Uh, you also have your cancer, such as mouth, colon, and liver cancer, which are at increased risk with alcohol consumption. And you have some others that people might not be as aware about, uh, dementia, for example, or a weakened immune system, and mental health issues. The World Health Organization, the WHO, has several recommendations and statements already on these fronts. Uh, for example, they have said that no level of alcohol is safe for consumption for health and that it's a toxic, psychoactive and dependence-producing substance, uh, as well as being a group one carcinogen akin to other things such as asbestos, radiation and tobacco. But I think it's interesting that alcohol is never really grouped alongside those when it comes to health warnings. Yeah, so that's quite a lot for one glass of Glühwein, if I may say so myself. Uh, I would say at European level, uh, we do have a very strong legacy of alcoholic beverage. Uh, we have beer in Germany, we have wine in France, and myself named after the Bordeaux wine. Uh, so I know what I'm talking about. But what's in the legislative area, we have this text, which is a European concept plan, that unfortunately raised negative attention from WHO, especially for its... Uh, take on the influence of alcohol. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Okay, so this is the, the first time the WHO has sent a letter like this. Uh, they sent it to the MEPs on the Environment and Health Committee, the Envy Committee, uh, who are in charge of sort of really pushing the being the cancer plan, uh, which is said to contain text surrounding alcohol consumption, describing uh, two categories mostly as moderate and responsible versus harmful. Uh, and WHO argues that there is no uh, level, of co level of consumption that is responsible in relation to health. Yeah, so as I touched on before as well, the link between alcohol consumption and cancer really is significant uh, and not at all as highlighted as uh, other things that cause cancer. So for example, uh, some of the statistics that they give are half all alcohol-related cancers in the EU come from light to moderate consumption, uh, which is about a litre and a half of wine or three and a half litres of beer per week. Uh, there are no scientific studies that demonstrate a healthy benefit Uh, from light or moderate consumption and in Europe over 200 million people are at risk of developing alcohol attributable cancer uh, with as you can imagine people who are more disadvantaged or vulnerable being at greater risk of developing this and therefore also further impacted by other healthcare system issues but yeah as you mentioned before as well there's really expected to be uh, a really big rise in consumption of low to no alcohol 
uh, beverages, with German, Germany currently having the highest mark, market share in Europe. Earlier this year, we also seen Ireland become the first country in the EU to put labels uh, with comprehensive health information on their alcoholic products, which further increases uh, informed consent for consumers, just like you would have on cigarette packages or unhealthy food with things like the Nutri-Score. Uh, the labels have uh, calories, grams of alcohol and other health risks for people who are the risk of developing liver disease and cancers as well. Ireland is actually going to be the second country uh, in the world for doing this, with South Korea leading the way on this before uh, with cancer warnings. This will not just be limited to the beverage themselves, but also be included in licensed premises like bars and pubs. Uh, and so the EU is now actually backing this plan uh, as part of the Being Cancer Plan supporting other countries to implement these measures. So it's interesting to see the uh, dichotomy there of the language that they're using in their text, whereas the actions that they're supporting uh, with financial backing. Yes, and that's uh, you mentioned the Irish label, and I think that's really interesting because um, they will also have to direct consumer to the Irish Health Service Executive website for more information on alcohol consumption. So we can imagine that consumers that go to bar or buy a bottle will have much more information. So as you said, it's backed up and the European Commission signed off on the plan and the law is expected to be introduced in 2026, which is very soon, actually. Um, it prompted many public health professionals to push for the entire European Union to follow suit. Uh, I saw on Twitter, for instance, uh, that the standing committee of the European doctors, a European think tank, is calling for a mandatory EU alcohol health labeling. However, you do remember I mentioned the uh, important legacy of the European Union towards alcohol, and that's also defended by uh, Spirits Europe, which is a group that represents, defends, and promotes the European spirits sector. And as we can expect, uh, they are not so happy about this label. Uh, they have filed a formal complaint asking the European Commission to open an infringement procedure against Ireland. Uh, we have to be aware this is not related to the health impact. Uh, it is more related to the internal market regulations. So if you are uh, our listener already a bit familiar with the agri-food sector in Europe, you would know that front-of-pack labeling and is regulated uh, at European level. So that's, for instance, why the Nutri-Score has to be discussed at European level to be mandatory. Uh, and as Jack, you mentioned, uh, this has been approved by the, by the EU. But the risk with uh, an approval and agreement for only one country is then that uh, companies have to face the fragmented market, which is completely against the, the spirit of the law. Uh, so this is an ongoing case and we need to see it uh, along the road where it's going to go. But in general, um, for me and Jack, I would say uh, we wish you very happy holidays that you may drink champagne or low alcoholic drink or no alcoholic drink. Please stay healthy and take good resolution for 2024.